everybody. Welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a periodic discussion with guests from around the But Why Though writing community brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in the nerd pop culture community. My name is Kate. I am standing in for Erin today, and I'm joined by Nisha and Matt. Say hi, folks. Hello. Hi, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I had so, to, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I, the moment it came out of my mouth, I was like, yeah, I opened that one. Uh, so this week, we're going to be talking about the latest trailers and news, including the Barbie trailer from Greta Gerwig, Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse trailer, and Tom Cruise cruising off a cliff. And for our second topic, we will be talking about our tops of the year. We'll talk our favorite video game, our favorite movie, favorite TV show, and of course, a dealer's choice of the things that we want to hype up from 2022 and what we're looking forward to in the new year. So let's dive into the later, the latest trailers that caught our eye since we last recorded. Um, and I'm going to start with the Barbie trailer because... I'm very excited for it. I, when I went to, we went to go see Avatar on Thursday uh, at the very first showing in our local theater. And immediately, I don't know what the hell this trailer is. It's just little girls playing at the dawn of time. And I was like, oh, cool. This is a Kubrick reference. This is actually really awesome. And then you see the Barbie feats. And you see Margo as Barbie, and I was like, oh my god, Greta Gerwig, you crazy white woman, I am in. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matt can attest, I was very excited in my seat. Yes, very much. (laughs) I mean, it looks dope. I liked it. What did you like about it? Honestly, it just... I like how much it's leaning in. Like, it's, I, I did not know what to expect from the Barbie movie. Like, the trailer, let alone, I've just heard that, like, Margot Robbie's making a Barbie movie and a lot of hot men are going to be in it with her. And that's all I took away from it. But then it's like, you see people, like, doing dance numbers and stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? Yes, yes, lean into it. Don't make it, like, life size. Not that life size is bad. I actually like life size. It's just, like, I didn't know if they were going to make Barbie a real woman in, like, the modern world or, yeah. like something like that i'm like i'm just here for the ride life size was 100 percent a movie that i watched way too much of as a child like mm-hmm. anytime it was on disney yep i watched it um no i think it's a really good point i think one of the things that i was really excited about is i was kind of worried that they were gonna go like pastel colored for everything and mm-hmm. kind of like maybe mute it down so that it was more palatable I love that she went with that neon electric pink, like, in your face. And I I am also very excited for the Um, Mm lean-in. Matt, I'm assuming you have no thoughts here or there for the Barbie trailer. No, I do not. It exists. It's a thing. (laughs) I'm glad people are excited. It's probably going to be absurd. Yay. I'm glad we're getting something that's not sepia tone, I guess. That's great. Yes, this is true. Because everything just making everything so damn dark, and so like having this neon pink, like oh, I can see what that is. I'm glad they <laughs> I'm brought the lights. Game of Thrones and House of Dragons. I don't care if I said that right or not. That has made me prone <laughs> to just squinting at the screen because I'm just like I yeah. can't see. It's too dark in here. Well, even like Obi Wan, I was like I can't see who's on screen yeah. right now. Yeah. And then there's been a few other Amazon shows that I'm like I just cannot see. 
That, uh, what was it? That Michael B. Jordan, Without Remorse. Yes. That was so yeah. That movie, mm-mm, they mm. did him bad. Very. Nisha, uh, I know you wanted to talk about Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, which also just came out with a brand new trailer. Yeah, I did, because I'm very excited. Because I, I still watched that first movie. Like, it's, it's so the first good. Yes, like the first time ever. And... I don't know, like, we got a teaser trailer a while back from it, and I guess, like, this one opened up in a completely different tone from what we got before, and I'm kind of like, okay, so, who died? I'm like, that was, like, that's been my first reaction. I'm like, not that it says that anyone's died, it just gives that feeling of, like, is Miles' dad okay? I don't know. Because we're just seeing flashbacks of him, and him and his mom are having a moment. But then it's like, the it, it says it all in the title into the Spider-Verse. And I I was really excited to see all the different Spider-Men and Spider-Women. Like, I, especially um, Issa Rae's Spider-Woman. Like, her design... She's really cool. Right? Her design is so dope in the motorcycle. I want her entire outfit. It is, I want to... <laughs> co- okay, I'm just going to say, I want to try and cosplay her. I might as well just admit that now. Um, but no, it looks really good. And, like, I don't know. Even the animation feels like slightly different from when we last saw it which i would expect because things continue to get better i i'm just excited about it overall yeah no i i agree um i think for me like one of the best things that into the spider-verse did was really push the push the boundary on what was the standard for animation mm-hmm. because it's not that disnified 3d animation right. it's that 2d beautiful like highly artistic style that i want more of like that is like into the spider-verse is one of the reasons we get the animation that we get for the bad right. guys that we get for puss in boots which is crazy mm-hmm. to draw that line from it but it, it it's pushing what we expect and I'm I'm really excited to see more because it looks like they're coming through with even more techniques and even more blending of styles, which mm-hmm. is really exciting. Um, I'm really excited because of my boy Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. Yep. Voiced by the gorgeous Oscar Isaac uh, is going to be a main part of it. A little sad that he's kind of ugly from the trailer. I'm like, why, why, why'd you do him like this? <laughs> Miguel O'Hara is sexy. Why? Oscar is sexy. And I'm just like, why can't you just let my man thrive and voice beautifully beautiful characters they did this, they did this to him Adams and- <laughs> yes um Bye. that and i i don't know it we have a film fronted by two latino spider-man which is really cool but i'm like man why is he gonna be the evil guy i know he got mm-hmm. like have vampire in him and stuff but like why um cool. but i i trust the animators and that's something that like I'm really excited to see kind of unfold. Mm-hmm. I just wish that I had seen it happen and seen the face reveal and been like, mm, yeah, that would have yeah. been better. And I feel like <laughs> I'm trying. Like, I'm, if they do any more trailers, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see anything else yeah. now because mm-hmm. I'm just like I don't want anything else given away. Or I feel like they already gave up a, a few big parts, which I feel like no, you yeah. should just like let that out. But it still got me excited. And I mean, like just touching on the animation thing, it's like. Like intergalactic, like yes, I you can see how like I mean that one is I think people who worked on the first Spider Man movie also worked on that, but it's just like I like how this how Spider Man really like 
blew up this in- animation style and inspired other people to like really yeah. step out of the 3D, like you said, the Disney-fied CGI. The round faces, right. round noses, like, yeah. Baby doll face, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, no, now it looks so much better. And like, this is diverse. This is different. So I'm excited for yeah. all of that to come out finally next year. And from two trailers, we're going to go into, uh, what did Matt say? The best nine minutes of cinema best of th- the year? Look, we, the best 13 minutes of cinema have been Tom Cruise, See You at the Movies. Tom Cruise, Happy Holidays and See You at the Movies and Thank You. And then Tom Cruise, I've been wanting to jump off a cliff since I was a child. Come watch how I jump off a cliff. So is Tom this a Cruise saga? cruising off a cliff. Hmm? It's a trilogy. It's yeah. a trilogy. Okay. So the first, so the the see you at the movies one. He's literally on a plane, and the plane barrel rolls while he's holding on to it. Okay, I remember that one. And then the hap- then the hot, the happy holidays. Thanks for watching Top Gun. See you at the movies. Was him just jumping out of a plane and then like talking to talking you. while he's falling, and then curling up and like spitting away from the camera. <laughs> That man scares me. Not that I think he's like not in not in the like he's Tom Cruise scares me way. It's just like, but sorry, you're not that young no more. But you be doing all these all these stuff. <laughs> Can your heart handle Look, man, that? He heard people saying, "Hey, we're gonna film TV, we're, we're gonna film movies in a Best Buy parking lot, not together." And he said, "That's a shame. Audiences should be mad." I'm gonna come back to save cinema by jumping out of planes. But but yes, Matt. So can you explain yes, to the please. audience who may not have seen the nine minute featurette that they so made me watch? Before doing yes, this, did. it's a it's a requirement. <laughs> no one to told be... me that was in my contract. It's in everybody's <laughs> contract. It's in Kate and I's relationship contract. <laughs> which actually is a thing. Which I can actually if we back up a little bit, we can talk about thing since we are talking the behind the scenes of Mission Impossible. So one, Mission Impossible has been my favorite franchise for like a long time now, a long long time. And I watched it back in the day, you know, when you could actually rewatch movies and you could find things, you know, before we had the streaming wars and now you can't find shit. Um, basically, I rewatched every, uh, you know, Mission Impossible movie up to thing every year. And Kate was just like, I hate Mission Impossible. And I was like, excuse me? Um, you need to rectify this. But what are you talking about? So not only, okay, so not only had I not watched a Mission Impossible movie all the way through. Mm-hmm. I was consistently shitting on it. Like, just... So she had only watched slander. the second one. So she watched the slander. second one and got out, which I understand. The second one is terrible. We don't recognize that happened. Sorry, the John Woo motorcycle foo is just bad. Motorcycle foo. It's bad. It's very bad. Yes, it, was, it was constant slander. Yes. Um, and then Matt was like, you can't do that. You haven't seen them. <laughs> And then we watched through them, and I was converted. Uh, I saw the one with him franchise by a mile. And yeah, and then so basically, obviously, because Rogue Nation comes out when we're still together, and so obviously we watched that one together. And then Fallout comes out, and we watched that. And Kate kind of kind of knew and liked him, but she didn't understand. I kept trying to tell her like he does all this stuff, and she's I like, I didn't what? understand the story. I didn't mm. know that it was actually this crazy Six- geriatric right white man like just. <laughs> actually jumping out of planes actually hanging on to planes and i was like you know what 
I respect this well, ten times more. So the funny thing is, so the Fallout one, we get the behind the scenes, like in the movie theater when we watch it, and Kate was like, oh my gosh. She's like, I understood you like said some of this stuff, but I didn't realize you meant like actual, actual stuff. Yeah. And I was like, no. Because mm-hmm. Misha, in Fallout, when, when he's on the cargo net from the helicopter, he shot that actually holding on to it without a safety net below. Like, he actually did that part. And yeah, no. he flew the helicopter. <laughs> he apparently took, he, he learned how to fly a helicopter to fly. I just to don't his... have, I don't have that daredevil gene in my body. I, so I, I feel like it's I did, great. but I'm a coward. I, I live with Kate now and I've lost it, but I, I it's great. <laughs> like, I mean, please don't die. Where are you going so fast? Please slow yes. down. Like, look, I've jumped out of a plane multiple times. Once with Kate, obviously. Mm-hmm. I've hang glided before. That was a lot of fun. You know, I've done a <laughs> obviously rock climb, you know, zip line. See, the most I've done is rock climbing, but not outside, indoors. <laughs> <laughs> but without the without the harness. <laughs> See, I, I would I would zip line. He took me skydiving for our third year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to bungee jump would... for years. I, I've never ooh, bungee jumped. No, but that is terrible. They do not have any. Prince of Bel Air ruined that for me. I'm never doing mm-hmm. it. Just, <laughs> they don't have no, anything you know around here. I think that's what it is. I think it was Fresh Prince. Yeah. I think that that's what made me just like, no. Never, never no, doing it. My brother had been bragging about that for two decades that he got the bungee jump and I haven't done it. And that's been the one thing. There's just nothing around here to do it. I would jump out of a plane again. Jumping out of planes is so much fun. I would skydive again. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so go back to full circle here. This bu- so basically, the new Mission Impossible. Neither of us are Tonkers. <laughs> be great. What's your day job? I jump out of planes every day. Be awesome. Um, anyways, so thing he basically he's been releasing. I guess because people love all the footage we've gotten before. It's kind of been a building up of people like, you know, like I said, as kind of we've done some more green screen CGI stuff, and Tom Cruise has gone to what's just up the what's up the stunts every single time that he's now been like showing more and more that you couldn't see it before, but now like it's getting his own thing. So they released basically like a nine minute behind the scenes of the new Mission Impossible where he literally rides a motorcycle off a ramp off a cliff to base jump. And basically, they kind of go through this whole process of this thing that's never been done for nine minutes. And then Chris McQuarrie's just going, this is insane. And I get to do this every day. I've watched this crazy man. He's, he's <laughs> both, like, terrified that his lead actor may die and also excited that he did the thing. And, yeah. The man said, I'm coming to save cinema. And everybody said, you're an arrogant bastard. And then Top Gun came out and they go, oh, my gosh. I apologize. Which I think, like, brings into, like, the mini discourse that we always get to in this, like, new trailers and news section at the top of the show. I am very excited to know that there is at least a few people out there still pushing practical effects mm-hmm. and still pushing action movies in a way Just that filming on location, for crying out loud. Yeah. 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 Like... Well, because I even think of like everything that like Stalinsky has done with the John Wick series as well, yeah. and you you and and I think that a lot of that also comes from a deep respect from where action, like the powerhouse of action, is is Asian cinema, and a lot of that is shooting on location, extensive like building. usage, set building, like production, choreography, and trusting. That your action, like, mm-hmm. action isn't just something that happens on a soundstage. Like, action should be a part of your storytelling, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something, and I always say it, I think I've said it on other podcasts here, but, like, being able to respect action as a genre enough to see just 
bodies moving, fighting, doing crazy things as a part of the story that you're telling, that is what always puts American action movies behind. And especially now that there's such a heavy reliance of on CG, if you look at it, all the Marvel stuff, even the yeah. DC stuff, you end up in a space where it's like, well, that the genre itself isn't being respected. And so when I look at like what Stalinsky and Keanu have done and when I look at what Tom Cruise has done, I'm just kind of like, this is this is what I want. This feeds my action soul. Mm-hmm. And even just like we talked about before, of like you can tell a story just by fighting. Yep. Yeah. And it's great. Um, but no, that's that was a that's that's all my news. That's all that matters. I have found my mm-hmm. top three movies of the year. Also if you're gonna do crazy, crazy CG and like epic at like giant things blowing up and everything, do it like RRR. Do it that way, where you also have like crazy practical and amazing fights and like dancing. Like if you're gonna do it, make it an epic. Well, like well. like in that we think of like Carter, which is basically cocaine induced, like. Michael Bay out of no Asian movie, and it was just like this. I don't know what the plot of this movie is. So Carter is a South Korean action thriller that is like Michael Bay got high and then made Hardcore Henry, and then <laughs> also made Crank, and then like put it in a blender, and then like but added actually had good action scenes, crazy movies, and had good action like scenes. actual fight scenes, and it's just like. <laughs> But see, maybe that's what's wrong with, like, maybe that's what Thor, Love and Thunder needed more of, in my opinion. Mm. Not that we have to dive into that at all, but I just feel yeah. like... Maybe they, needed a lot. 80% of that movie was CGI. <laughs> it was so Yeah, fun. I wish it no, 100%. went harder. Like, and they did in yeah. some parts, but not enough. Because it's just like, everything's CGI. Y'all can break everything if you want. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that, like... In a year when it, like, in a year of a lot of, like, really big letdowns in CG, we also have really phenomenal, like, practical effects achievements, like, what, Mm -hmm. like, in stop motion animation, like, with Pinocchio that showcases a lot of those pieces. And then we're going into 2023, which is gonna have John Wick 4 and, um, and Mission Impossible. And I'm, I'm hoping that we're gonna see this uptick with success because, like, they make money, they are good. I want to see us come back to that. I'm excited because yeah. it seems like a lot of some of these actors who want to be like action, they want to, they do, want to do this. Miles Teller, like I like I th- even Michael B. Jordan has talked he about has wanting a punchable to... face, but like Miles Teller <laughs> is like, pushing yeah. to become like an actual like thing. Yeah, Michael B. Michael B. Jordan, B. Jordan has talked, has talked a about a lot about wanting to do well, like he, actual. That's why he did like the Creed series. Yes. Like, yeah. He's been very focused on developing Creed in a way that feels like actual fighters fighting and training. Mm-hmm. One Creed three is heavily influenced by sports anime, which makes me very happy because he's a weeb. <laughs> but it. like also like that. Was when he did his uh, his press junket for Without Remorse, he was excited to be in Tom Clancy because Tom Clancy is more grounded and yep. he's able to do more um, practical action. Like he wants to be an action star. Michael B. Jordan deserves it. Yes, but like, yeah, I'm hoping like the younger I don't want to say younger, but like yeah, like that that new guard is coming in are going to push people. Well, because even we, more. I mean, much as because Keanu Reeves can't keep reinventing Western action on his own. Like, guess what? But Tom Cruise is going to space. <laughs> And so that's all that matters. This is true. But no, can we talk about Henry Cavell also between the Mission Impossible stuff? Obviously, we mm-hmm. know he's doing obviously video game, which Warhammer. is kind of mm-hmm. talk, talking about doing more like video game adaptations. But in the day, he's been wanting 
to be more of an action like Dar not reliant on some stuff. Well, a lot of the Witcher fight scenes were were all practical, right. at least when it came to him like executing the moves and anytime it was one to one with like something that was human. Which also kind of leads, yeah. I guess, into our actual end of the year discussion of how we're wrapping around. <laughs> nice that way. Uh, yeah. So now we're going to talk about our favorites. So we're going to leave movies behind for a little bit. Um, and we're going to talk about our favorite video games. We're not going to leave the first. shade behind, though. We're not going to leave the shade behind. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Do they know what podcast this is? <laughs> Okay, uh, Nisha, do you want to lead with your game of the year? What what was your game of the year? God of War Ragnarok. We knew that was coming. <laughs> I, Come on. on now. So no 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 no. I need the audience <laughs> listening in at their home in their car wherever the hell you put us on and listen to our our cackling voices um, to know that when Nisha said that she leaned back in her chair and opened her eyes real wide <laughs> and then said God of War Ragnarok. Don't forget Nisha, the don't forget the hand clap. Oh, and clapped her hands together. Uh, tell the people why God of War Ragnarok is the game of the year for you. One, beautiful scenery. Just beautiful. You can just walk around any of the realms, any of the nine realms, and it's gorgeous. Scenery. Uh, the story is really, really good. I haven't, I'm like, I want to say two-thirds done with the story, and I'm, now I'm just doing side quests, but like the main story is really good, and it's, it, it, it's going it's to be triggering for some of y'all with daddy issues. <laughs> um, but it's <laughs> In a great way, in a great way, kind of like how um, last year's game it will trigger you, but like in a great way. It'll, maybe it'll spark you to have a conversation with your parent, maybe, or maybe you'll just realize that you don't need them in your life. I don't know, but it's kind of like how Guardians of the Galaxy surprised everybody. Like I was not expecting this game to hit so hard emotionally. Yeah, that is how I feel about God of War Ragnarok, and then also Kratos is fine and he keep getting finer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there it is that's what i expected let kratos Ooh, let kratos. now when you say scenery do you mean you moving the camera down to a low angle to look up at kratos or both <laughs> why can't you be both <laughs> no okay, it's, it's great honestly oh and i i it's been a really great distressor for me just because, like, I just like to kill monsters. Like, when yeah. you've had a rough day, you just want to play for four hours. Like, last week, I was very stressed out. I finished up finals and everything, and work has been working me. I just wanted to, like, play something where I could destroy monsters, and yeah, it feels good. It just feels good to be able to, like, turn your brain off, wander through this magical realm where everything might kill you, and then kill it instead. With a fine daddy of a man. <laughs> With a daddy and a father right there. Daddy and a father. <laughs> I actually realized I did not play that many games this year. Um, I played a lot of open worlds. I played a lot of strategy. Um, I think for me, my biggest surprise and probably like my favorite like gaming experience this year was Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Um, and that was crazy because it's it's a tactical strategy game it's turn-based um i suck at those games i hate those games uh because I, I i lack 
patience. I have no patience. <laughs> I spam A because I don't want to read. Like, I turn-based things just they don't work with me but this one was really engaging really well done and I found myself playing over levels trying to speed run through them and I think that it was one of the games that like I have played the hardest and the most um that said like I don't feel like I have like a clear like game of the year type game because, like, last year, like, Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy was, like, a no-brainer. Like, that mm-hmm. was the game. Um, and I think for me, like, just going off of what really surprised me, like, Mario Rabbids was was it. But I found myself just also loving Sim Games. So shout out to Two Point Campus, where I got to make an affordable university. <laughs> um, and that was great. Uh, which I think that's what Sega publishes that. Yes. Yeah, and so Two Point Campus is just a management sim where you build a university, you staff it, you have students, you give them food, you can raise lower, you can raise and lower tuition, and I found myself putting way too many hours in that and thinking about it constantly, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Nothing too exciting on my end, I mean, like, I I played things for, like, review and stuff, but I don't think I really had game, uh, I don't have a game that really, like pulled me in as much as probably should have my favorite game i fought real monsters known as landlords and i actually did actual strategy <laughs> unlike what kate did with mario rabbits in the- oh yeah mario rabbits super light on this that is baby's first strategy <laughs> game that's not that's not so I the- that to Matt on how he really just like digged at both me and you seamlessly <laughs> perfect once kate picked it up i was like oh i had nisha and then once kate said like oh i got both it's a skill it's a skill he's very talented but no victoria that's why i married this man victoria (laughs) three which is also a uh, basically a strategy games historical simulation which i've talked about on other podcasts and at this point other things has been blown me away with surprising i've been able to like just having me be able to just like not only just like playing the game and obviously learning the whole supply demand you know supply chains and all the convoluted things of excel spreadsheet simulator stuff that's fun but just the probably the weird surprising thing i've taken off which i'm pretty sure anybody who's been online has probably heard about this game just because of like the subreddit stuff and the conversations that go around of like how much you just kind of learn from historical context and stuff and about like the general um, you know, kind of like what happened and how you have to set up and do your stuff because it's like people talk about like, because it's funny because in the game you have to get oil or you have to get rubber and you're like, gosh, how do I get this? And like, but how do I do this without colonizing like Africa or something? You realize, mm. oh, that's what happened. Oh, no. And then so it just brings into a lot of like you seeing and then obviously because they have their own because they have like kind of you can be on rails where you do like the actual historical parts of things or they have their own little fun thoughts so at least a bunch of creative fun things happening where you know like russia is fighting pro-russia that's also fighting eastern russia which is fighting this and everything else and it's just it's just been fascinating to see because like even in the game of like doing stuff like forming the actual united states you see is actually very almost impossible in the game because of how hard it is and you realize like how logistically this should have never happened in real time Mm -hmm. and it's just weird looking back and seeing all that stuff and then like i said adding in all the factors of building stuff with like supply chains and supply routes and then some diplomatic issues and then economies based and everything else and you're just like wow and then being able to like it's one of the few things because like i love strategy games especially like a sim where you all start the same but not starting the same just fascinating to me of like not to lie if you start with great britain you are the number one country in the world 
no matter where you start. If you start with somebody else, you were the number 12, yeah. number 20, number 150th, number 90th. And that's just what happens. And it's just kind of cool. Mm. I haven't played because I'm too dumb for how many systems you have to manage in it. But I've watched Matt play a lot of it. And as somebody who, like, had took many a built like empire building classes like in my sociology and anthropology classes it was really awesome to see like actual history gamified and done in like a respectful way in a and in a way that like pushes the player to engage with history mm-hmm. so that they learn from it which is something you usually don't get in games. Like when we talk about gamifying history, like a lot of people bring up like the Assassin's Creed games, but you're not learning one for one history. You're right. learning something that's pretty watered down. But with Victoria 3, like they actually put a lot of work into kind of detailing out like conflicts between people, why capitalism is bad, but ultimately it's what every civilization goes towards. And like all of these like pieces that like i didn't play but just watching matt and seeing him develop like how he developed his belgium versus how he developed playing from haiti where he had to like overtake the french and kick them out of his out of out of his country like that was really cool and i think in a year where we got world cup where people also learned history it was like perfect um so like i always wanted to teach a video games and history class and, like, if I could think of one, like, this would be one that would be really engaging for, like, people to learn about larger concepts that, like, the difference between communism and, like, fascism and, like, all these different government types. Like, it's just, it's really cool. And I, I know I didn't play it, but, like, it's really Well, I think awesome. of two different things. One, obviously, look, Anno will always be one of my favorite franchises, but they glorify a lot of what they actually do. It's mm-hmm. a very yeah. much a... You basically... You don't feel bad about colonizing the new world. Yeah, you don't. (laughs) Or just taking over stuff. And this game, you see stuff. And then, like... And then the other thing of just seeing how you have to interact with your governments of people of... Guess what? When you're just trying to give people... The number one thing... You know what people hate the most in that game is giving women any rights. Like, it is the one thing that starts bad. And no matter where you start in the world, like, it is just not... People do not like it. And you have different interest groups and how that works with people of, like, your own people revolt on trying to do these things. And it's just interesting that pushing people, like, I'm trying to help you all. And the other people are like, we don't want you to give that. We're rich. Screw you. <laughs> and so when I say we fight the landowners, because you hate the landowners, you hate the Catholic Church, you hate the, <laughs> you hate the, <laughs> you hate the board. Kate, you can say it for me. The board. The bourgeoisie. Yes, the bourgeoisies. You hate those people. And you learn to hate them. That's also my favorite thing is learning that Matt can't pronounce French words. Oh. <laughs> we don't like the French. It's fine. This ball. <laughs> but, you know, you're just interacting with that of like you're, because not only are you fighting other countries and other stuff, you're at some point you're fighting your own people sometimes. And you're just like, and then you learn about like the, we always make fun of like the military comp, industrial complex. They have that in the game that you end up finding of how, why people do it. It's very valuable. Then they have the construction industrial complex was kind of the joke where you have a construction sector and like you make these weird dumb like kate said going into capitalistic things of like you see why this systems work like that you also see what happens when you stop where your whole entire economy will crash if you don't keep building mm-hmm. if you don't keep growing and keep building you will crash your economy in some cases depending on how it's set up and you actually can see it and obviously it's just like the super integral like the real world probably not but they lay the foundation to where you can see how these messed up systems can work 
and how they can benefit people. Yeah. And you can see how it can... And they, like, actively make you feel bad about it because they tell you that these are, like, not good. It feels like the good place, kind of. Like, <laughs> like you're an architect in the good place, like, from the show. Because, <laughs> like, no, like, their whole thing is, like, I feel bad about this, but, like, no, we have to do this in order for them to be able to do A, B, and C. So it's a necessary evil. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, being human is flawed and immoral and it's in its own sense which we have to do these things because we have to live i like it okay you sold me on it i'll, I'll play it matt <laughs> it also feels like if matt was going to design a game this is it sounds like it's this is very com it's very it took me probably about like 50 to 100 hours to figure out some of these like systems and everything and i still probably and they've added so much content since i played like a month ago that i'm probably terrible again but i don't care it's just so much fun he from the description, it just makes me think, did y'all ever play the Lemonade Stand game when you're in grade school? No. Okay, it was like how my math teacher taught us how to run a business where it's like you got to choose how much supplies. It's, it's still running somewhere on a 90s looking huh. website. But basically, you have to decide how many lemons to buy, how much water to buy, all this stuff, and like what to charge your lemonade. This what matters, like this game just makes me think of this plus Carmen San Diego on steroids. <laughs> and I'm here for it. That is such a great description. <laughs> it's those two. And I'm I'm here for it. And it's funny because people are like, how do you play different game types? And I'm like, because you know why? If you play as Australia, you're under basically control of the of Great Britain, and guess what? You have to actually feed Great Britain's capitalistic machine mm -hmm. or you fail. And they're like, what? And like, you can't develop your country at first. You have to develop industry for Great Britain, and then you have to come back and develop your own country. And you see how basically countries get exploited and how you use things and how you have to build your own country in a sense to even do things because at the end of the day, you do not have all the resources that you can no matter what you are. Mm. And it's just, it's wow. Like, it's different. Like I said, playing as Belgium, playing as Australia, playing as, like, Haiti, playing as you know, the U.S. are playing this stuff of, like, they all take different strategies, which you can eventually kind of do this. But, like, obviously the top, like, 10 countries, you know, at some point you're like, oh, whatever, we can screw around and do whatever. But once you start getting in, like, those mid to bottom tiers, especially into the unrecognized, like, powers in the world, it's, it takes a lot of, like, what are we doing and how do we have to do stuff? Now, obviously, like, all systems, once you figure it out, it's fine. And you can just replicate it all you want. But, like, knowing how you have to build your country or nation to survive, because then, day once you bankrupt, essentially the game's over. And some of these things are, like, long. Like, I've had times where... I'd be like 40 hours into a game and then Great Britain said, I got in a war and killed me and kicked me out of their EU and then bam, my entire economy crashed and game over. And I'm like, well, got to start over. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that was long. Probably need to get to the next thing. That was very long. <laughs> uh, we'll move into movies now. Nisha, what was your favorite movie of the year? My favorite movie. and Okay, so it's kind of a tie, if that's okay. But Intergalactic and Wendell and Wilde. Ooh, I like this pairing. Yeah. Two amazing Netflix animation movies. Yeah. That's... Why, why, why? Uh, Intergalactic just made me feel very seen as someone who has been dating in the modern era um, and experienced that. It's It feels like it touches on things that are very real for people who, like, if you've, if you've been single or dated in the last, like, since, like, online dating became a thing or just, like, what dating is today, you at least have some concept of understanding of just like, yeah, it's a trash fire out there. And this movie kind of gets at that. But it also, the message that it really, that really hit me deep in my feelings was, 
you have to be able to, if you want love, if you want to accept love, if you want to give love, you have to understand that there is a risk of getting hurt that comes with that. And yeah. that is something that I think a lot of people have to understand. Like, yeah, love doesn't come without hurt. It doesn't come without risk. And like, I really love that message in the film. Plus the animation is really dope. And the music, like the whole soundtrack is great. Like, I love how Kid Cudi just matches the mood in the film with the song. And I, I really enjoyed it all. And I also like that the voice actors don't feel like it's just like, it, okay, you know how I feel about Lakeith Stanfield. He's not in this movie, yes. but he can't voice act to save his life. No, he can't. <laughs> he can't. But it's like, we don't have that problem in this movie. People are just acting. They're, they're acting and voice acting. There's no one just talking. So I, I think that was really well done. And yeah, it's... I like how it's from both sides. So it's not just, oh, it's a man's person. Like for a rom-com, Matt, Kate, I, I feel like y'all have watched a lot of rom-coms together or at least Kate, Kate can speak yeah. to this. But like when it comes to romantic comedies and dramas, like I feel like we only see one side of the story. I like that yeah. this one definitely takes both sides of the story into consideration and like, oh, what about a talking stage? Oh, is this moving too fast? And oh, but like, I like them, but I didn't tell them what I wanted. So it's like, yeah, dummy, you have to actually express what you want in order to yeah. get what you want. So I feel like there's something for everybody in intergalactic when it comes to like dating, love, relationships, whether you're single, married, whatever. There's something that you can take away from it. And then Wendell and Wilde, honestly, I was just stoked that Key and Peele were going to do another project together. I was not expecting it to feel like therapy and then the message of the school to prison pipeline literally spelled out in the movie for people. So I'm like, yeah, if y'all don't get this message, I don't, I can't help you. But the bigger part of it was just like, yeah, facing your demons and like, it's kind of like, I know everybody doesn't like the word manifestation or whatever, but like when we perceive ourselves as being guilty or not good enough or something being our fault, then like we're always going to see ourselves doing that. And like, that's clearly the struggle that Kat has in the film that she blames herself for her parents' yeah. death and she never truly faces those demons head on. And it's like, until she's actually forced to face her own demons. And it's like, yeah, you're so much more than the things that you thought you were. And you can be more and you can change. You don't have to be this one way. But also, it's also a great movie if anybody ever wants to be an alternative little black girl, because I did. Or just, and just, it's dope. It's just a good, it's a good film. Like, I love all the characters. Like, I love her friend, Raul. I, I just, I love it all. Not without gushing anymore. I, I 100% want Henry Selleck and Peel to, and Jordan Peele to make more stop motion animation movies together. Like, it's, it's really good. But I, I'm really happy you said Intergalactic, because I think that that, I think Wendell and Wilde is at least getting nominations for things, mm -hmm. but I think Intergalactic is really getting slept on when it comes to, like, the emotional storytelling that it had, because mm -hmm. I completely agree. Like, I think, I feel like a lot of rom-coms, because they're made for women, it's always like, oh, the man is evil, the man is bad, yeah. the man did bad things in this relationship. Um, or from the other side, if you do get a male perspective, it's usually like, the woman's bad, she's just doing this. Mm -hmm. And you, like you get to see each of them having those thoughts mm -hmm. and then you get to see kind of the reality that's really in between it, which is that they're not communicating each other yeah. and love is actually work. Like loving someone, like you can fall in love easy, but staying together with somebody and growing with somebody is hard as hell, yep. especially when you're both stubborn. 
And I think that that, like, I completely agree. I think when it comes to romance this year, Intergalactic is one of the best stories. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to animation, it's also one of the best stories. So Mm -hmm. I... I love your picks. Thank you. <laughs> Especially because Intergalactic needs more love. And both of yeah. those movies are on Netflix. <laughs> they are. Right there for anybody who wants to see it. But yeah, I do agree. Intergalactic need I, It just definitely deserved at least one nomination this year. And I I yeah. feel a little, I feel a little salty about that. Because it's, I could, there's so many good things to talk about that movie. And I really do feel yeah. like it's some, I have recommended it to like five friends. And they've all watched it and like, yo, this is my life. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> yeah. So much like the Sims of this year, which I think are having a good year for my brand um, and management games. <clears throat> as far as favorite movie, I, I don't know. I keep thinking going back and forth, but I just want to say, I think it ba- adventure movies have kind of come back and had a pretty good year, mm. even adventure movies. They have. Like, look, I don't know about Uncharted video games. I don't really care. But also I enjoyed the movie for what it was. It's also my brand, so I don't care. The Lost City was great. Um, the Lost City was amazing. Look, that movie was fun. Not Lightyear. You were terrible. Or back at it. You were both terrible. But then we oh, get like... <laughs> um, what was it? The Last Pirates of the Caribbean Lost Treasure movie. That was awesome. The Last Pirate Treasure that was on Netflix. Um, the Adam Project was also great that was on Netflix. I did like that. I like how I said, like, favorite movie, and everybody's like, here is the Well, to be fair, it is a short list, because to be fair, we I thought we, for what, my brand of movies, I thought we had great things. I don't think there was anything that really stood out that I'm like, this is my number one movie this year. I thought we had the, I mean, obviously, Avatar comes out, which is actually pretty great for me. I Look, as much as I didn't want to watch it and do whatever, but Top Gun is really good. I didn't want to do that. I still hate military propaganda in that way. And I still don't think people missed the point between selling military propaganda to kids like Disney do versus military propaganda to 50-year-old dads like Top Gun. But at the end of the day, I, it's still a really good movie. <laughs> and it's just well mean, shot. Why did I immediately just start having a girl worth fighting for in my... <laughs> it's working. I'm sorry. As soon as Matt said that, I was like... They got you. But no, I think overall for like action movies or adventure movie, pretty much adventure movies were pretty good. Not you, Thor, but you know, <laughs> Sea Beast did not you, not you, but Sea Beast was good. Sea Beast yeah, was amazing. Beast was great. Oh, That's another so animated good. movie that more people need to talk about. Sea Beast was so good. Oh, so good. I okay, love that. Netflix animation went off this year. Not it like did. they did so good. Not you, I say. Hired a bunch of people. Yeah. No, not Ice, Ice Age. Ice Age, not you. But Chicken Hair, you were pretty good. Sonic the Hedgehog, which is another little adventure movie, was great. So, that I laughed way too hard at, at Jim Carrey on that lawnmower than I should have. I don't know why. Idris Elba made me like as Idris great. Elba as Knuckles? Sprinkles. Genius. Genius. I want sprinkles. I just remember everybody was like, what is this casting? And then he came out and it was like, oh my God. It works. This is what is it like tired and wired? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, but I might put up a list. Not you, Morbius, you're terrible. But <laughs> I just had a list of like that was this year, it was this year. Well, now that Matt's listed every adventure movie that's come out as his favorite movie of the year, um, I was actually really surprised like how varied 
the genre of movies I really loved this year were. Mm-hmm. Um, I think since everybody else gave their list, um, everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> okay, <laughs> give me so much. Okay, go ahead. Talk about your list, Kate. Uh, everything everywhere all at once. I think is everything I love about filmmaking and genres filmmaking specifically it's a very 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 emotional story that had me crying Mm. um but it is also a multiverse epic where they do weird things to connect to multiverse selves there's like there's a dildo fight there is like people turning into confetti there's fanny pack kung fu which is also amazing like it somehow has some of the best choreographed fight sequences and the most absurd ones too and i think that like the daniels understood how to take genre and the beautiful elements of genre and put it into this like chaotic absurd mixture that captures why sci-fi is great that captures why action is great that captures why comedy is great and make it into a story that's doing more than just like those base pieces um rrr I need Matt to watch this movie. I've watched. It. I don't know why he. I've has watched it. the intro. It looks fantastic. It's honestly. It's amazing. It's been one of those. I like. I just. I went through the. You know. You need to leave it again. It is a musical action epic. Yeah. It is a musical. It's problem. Epic. I don't like musicals. You know this. Mm. But it's like Bollywood though, which is different. It's not American stuff. This is inspired full body motion and fighting. You know what else movie came out this year that I didn't realize? By the way. Fantastic beat. Also, RRR goes into your adventure stuff. That's fine. I was letting you talk about... I knew you were going to talk about some. I wasn't going to do all of them. Also, Fantastic Beasts apparently did come out this year. No. What terrible movie. No. Mm. Um, Nope is a phenomenal movie. That's another movie that I think Matt... So I think Matt would really like Everywhere All at Once. I also think he'd really like Nope because of how good the sci-fi is in it. Um, So Nope... Or not Nope... Uh, everyone all at once think I tried to go watch and then they would not give me a ticket. Yeah, they told you. They no. told me no. Why? And then I've just kind of, because they're just stingy. Because it was press only. I was um. press. I was press. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> they told me no and then I just never got around. Out of spite, um, I guess. And then you go from that to like the Banshees of Inner Sharon is also one of my top movies, which is just watching a very himbo Colin Farrell trying to be friends with somebody who absolutely doesn't want to be friends with somebody and having his soul completely shattered and turning from this happy man into somebody who just sees the worst in everything. And there is something beautiful at how it breaks. Like I saw it at a festival and I like the entire theater was like laughing, like laughing for like the majority of the movie because it is genuinely hilarious. And then like it just drops and it's like, oh, God, this is an existential crisis. Friendship is awful. What are we doing? Um, And then obviously there are not obviously, but there's After Sun, which is an A24 movie. It's really simple. I think that this will be a miss for a lot of people. Because it is just really focused on two actors. I can't say anything else other than that it made me weep like a baby. And to quote 
uh, one of our writers, actually, no, to quote the producer of this podcast who watched it and then commented on it, it said that it simultaneously made him want to be a father and also walk into the ocean. So that is After Sun. Um, Very good. Very heartbreaking. Pinocchio was amazing. Top Gun Maverick was amazing. Mm. Um, But I think, like, my favorite animated movie of the year was um, Inoa. Um, I-N-U-O-H. It is from G-Kids. It's animated by Science Saru. It's an anime movie for people who... Um, you know, don't think about it. It is a rock opera that adapts a historical telling of that person. It is, it has like six different animation styles in it. There is a mixture of, um, traditional Japanese instruments and like hair rock, like glam rock mm-hmm. and then J rock. And it, it's just, it's so good. And I am viscerally angry that people left this off of their animation lists because it is that good. Um, and then uh shout out to Matt Reeves for making the best superhero movie of the year with the Batman. And that's you mean it. the only superhero I've... movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> What's the I'm other sure I left a lot off. Like Pinocchio, <laughs> Pinocchio is great. <laughs> Pinocchio is great. Uh, Decision to Leave is also probably one of my favorite movies, but nobody watched it, and that makes me very sad. It's by Chan, uh, Park Chan Wook, and it is a detective movie that's also a romance, but Bye, like it's not an explicit romance because, well, so it's a detective who falls in love with the suspect of... So they know that her husband abused her, and then when her husband ends up dead, they think it's her, and so he has to investigate her. But in the process of investigating her, he's falling in love with her. And it's constantly like, is he doing his job as a detective, or is he stalking her? And then there's this piece that comes in where the woman, like, totally knows what he's doing and like leaves things for him to find and is like playing with him and so then the creepy is gone because it's like oh they're both into this but like there isn't nothing ever really happens like there isn't any sex there is it's all about like the small little intimate moments of like yearning um i would like the people to know who's listening that as soon as she said there's no sex i just slumped in my chair i know i know you just you you left you you, you, i'm not doing yearning i'm I'm 31 years old (laughs) Catherine. no no (laughs) not using my whole last name (laughs) that's how serious i am uh okay that's all i had People, pick one TV show. That's what we're going to do next. One. Uno. <laughs> one. I can do that. One. I have one. One. <laughs> I have one. Misha. Vox Machina. Machina. Hang on, I can say it. Vox Machina. Oh, the Critical Role animation? Yes. Yes. Okay. That is my pick, because every week, religiously, I tuned in as soon as I knew that that episode was up. And that is how I say, like, that is my favorite because there are shows. I love Chainsaw Man, and it comes out weekly also, but I don't watch it as closely as I did Vox Machina. And it's just, yeah, I they captured the feeling of, like, just a bunch of friends who were, like, you would think this is just, like, yeah, y'all just got drunk and played Dungeons and Dragons. 
because how crass and funny and just like it's in graphic it is graphic as all hell and i love that but it's amazing it just i love the writing it doesn't like it's not trying to be lord of the rings it's not trying to be you know i'm trying to think of another high fantasy genre but like it's just it's not it's really its own thing and i like that a lot about it i love all the characters there's somebody for everybody there's someone for everybody and i i'm just really excited that it's getting another season and i want to see where this story is going but yeah vox machina that's the one um so i realized i didn't watch a lot of tv this year so i'm just gonna go one off the top of my head yakamaza s245 i'm surprised you didn't say the boys season three yeah but everybody should watch the boys if you don't you suck anyways by this point this other show deserves like <laughs> No, the the real show you should have already watched is The Boys Season 3. If you have not, then I don't know what to tell you. You're already a lost soul to me. So, but I do want to at least promote the Turkish Netflix show that didn't get the boy coverage. Well, you should also watch... Yamakaz. Yeah. Which basically is part of the Into the Night cinematic universe, which I'm excited we're going to get at this point, where instead of them being on a plane running from the sun, they're in a submarine running from the sun. Okay, can you explain the premise real quick as to why they're running from okay, the sun? Okay, by the way, the sun is killing everybody and they're in a submarine running from the sun. Yes. Okay. Since it's actually work. really good, Nisha. It's <laughs> Into the Night is one of the best TV shows I have ever seen. It's on Netflix. It's very, yeah. it, there's very few episodes. And then this is the spinoff of it that connects to season two of Into the Night. And so they're going to go together For season to three. like the next season three. <laughs> Okay. The sun like is killing. And, there's hot, and there's hot men. The sun is killing everybody, and you're the trying to outrun hot. the sun in whatever vehicle you can get in. And into the night, it's an airplane. And hot men. <laughs> well, apparently oh, that's yeah. what had you at the boys. Yeah. Which is awesome. Have Terrible people. I've seen all of the boys. I love the boys. The boys is great, and you know what? It probably is my favorite show of the season. But I was just trying to do due diligence to probably give something out that not because at this point you should know the boys is great. I mean, because it's like Anthony Starr said and Homelander said, of like, they are better than all of you. <laughs> the real one I want to say with somebody, which, oh, Nisha, somebody is an erotic thriller. There's a lot of sex in that. There's a very hot man in that. It's very good. It, there's a serial killer. There's, it's, it's everything. Watch it. I'm That's intrigued. Right. I will That's watch on it. Netflix. South Korean drama. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but I'm going to instead say Alice in Borderland um, season two uh, just came out. Uh, it came out around the same time as squid game and they're both death game shows alice in borderland in my opinion should have gotten more love than squid game did agree because alice in borderland is high sci-fi giant red lasers shooting down from the sky mm -hmm. if you if you don't complete a game to get more days on your visa there are four game types physical uh physical skill teamwork betrayal which is the best one because you have a group of friends go in and they gotta kill each other it's phenomenal um it's death games with very very high stakes there isn't a lot of plot armor for the entire series uh season two is a little bit in the last two episodes but really great characters if you like death game stuff this is like really where it's at so i just want people to watch that it is a japanese show based on a manga um the show is 
10 times better than the manga or the anime ever was. Um, mm. No disrespect to Haru Asu, but it is. And that's my show. That's what you should watch. It was great. Um, yeah, and we're getting close to time. So what are you all looking forward to in 2023? Just one thing. So I will say not The Witcher, which is going to be probably dead of DOA, or any of the DC movies, which will also be DOA. But instead, Mission Impossible, yeah. which is not DOA, which we've already talked about, and that's all we have to watch. That's the only thing you have really to look forward to, and John Wick 4, which I... I want to be excited for, but until I get an actual date, I don't really care because I think movie was supposed to come out like two. I think it was supposed to come back. out two years ago that I keep forgetting about it. So that's what I got. Nisha, um, I'm really looking forward to Demon Slayer season three. That like they they blew the budget in the last one like in a good way, so I'm just like looking forward to seeing like how they did the sword. The Swordsmith Village arc is going to be really great, and we're just getting really close to the series being done. So I'm really, but I'm really excited for this next arc. Um, oh, and then like video game wise, just like to throw it out there, One Piece Odyssey. Really looking forward to playing One Piece Odyssey, but just really like for that to be done. I am. For me, on excitement, I'm I'm gonna be a weeb and say I am most excited for Jujutsu Kaisen season two. That is finally coming because MAPPA has not left their office offices. Um, I am excited for Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm also excited for Hell's Paradise because Hell's Paradise Yukaraku is one of the best uh, horror manga, action manga I have ever read. I spent way too much money on the teeny tiny little acrylic figures at Crunchyroll <laughs> Expo because uh, I love that manga so much. Uh, so that is kind of where I'm at. Uh, Matt already mentioned Mission Impossible. I'm excited for that stuff. But I think anime is probably where I'm most excited for it's coming out. Because like, I think I'm kind of burnt out on games and some other stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're going to go to the last section of our show. Where we talk about the things that we have been watching, reading, and writing about over at the site first i want to say come argue with us and or like our opinions by reading our end of the year uh review or end of the year lists are you in the we are in review i can't talk by coming at, to the site but why the.net and reading our year in review list we have top games top indie games top movies top manga uh top sci-fi top horror top international we have a bunch of tops and yeah, come read those. Uh, as for me, uh, Alice in Borderland hype train right here. I know we didn't get into like our dealer's choice of stuff that we wanted to hype up. I feel like all of us did that by not sticking to the assignment and only saying one thing for any of these categories. Um, <laughs> I have also been reviewing Chainsaw Man, which has its, seri its season finale. Yeah, when this comes out. It would have already been done for season one. And I got to interview one of my favorite directors of all time. No, it's not Guillermo del Toro. I wish it was. But it was the other phenomenal, iconic Park Chan-wook, the director of Old Boy, the Vengeance Trilogy, Thirst, uh, and the Oscar frontrunner, Decision to Leave. I got to talk to him about Decision to Leave and how he is a master of romance and not just violence. So that was really amazing. Matt, what about you? Um, so as I said before, when I'm, I'm not really doing much. Um, it's in the year. hope everybody's enjoying the, end of the year. Watched Avatar. It was great. 
Gonna watch the Tom Cruise video again. You should all go watch it. I'm not gonna lie, I've not plugged anything because I don't have anything right now. It's cold outside. I just want to go to bed. It's negative two in Austin. That's not no. <laughs> Nisha. For me, so I recently just wrote the my twelve essential Black Holiday movies list, which from I've got I've heard a lot of nice things from people who said like they never even heard of movies or that they have watched that they also watch these movies every year so i highly recommend y'all like go check it out especially if you're looking for some holiday movies um also my reviews for or to say atsura they're still going out uh there's two episodes left until the season finale uh by the time this movie by the time this episode comes out um there'll be one more episode left so not too late for y'all to watch it it's really cute i like it and it's like a reboot from the original just just go watch it. I'm probably going to do uh, five reasons why you should watch this list for for it. Because it's, it's worth watching it to see, like, how far romantic comedy movies, came, not, sorry, romantic comedy anime came. And we get to thank um, the series for it. And then I've been watching Bleach Thousand Year Blood War. Highly recommend y'all to go watch it. I think that one's also going to be wrapping up next week. So... It's only 12 episodes, and then they're going to have a break. But just just go watch it if you want to see Ichigo and all them fine men. And then Kenpachi's fight. <laughs> Kenpachi's fight with Uruhara. Oh, my God. It's so good. Oh, it's so great. Oh, and then I'm excited to watch um, Knives Out, too. Awesome. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening in. If you liked what we're doing, please don't forget to drop us a like, subscribe, retweet. Review, hit the bell the hit things. the bell oh yeah hit hit the bell hit hit the bell know. on youtubes um whatever <laughs> we can get we'll take make sure to check out this site but why though.net our youtube channel our twitch channel um and if you want to keep the conversation you can always find us in the but why though discord at discord.gg slash b-u-t-w-h-y-t-h-o you can get all of our spicy hot takes in real time talking about news trailers and our thoughts on things with our wider community um and you can find us on social media at but why though pc nisha let everybody know where they can find you yeah you guys can find me on instagram twitter and tiktok at nisha plays that's at n-e-y-s-h-a-p-l-a-y-s um keep an eye out for more i can't believe i did over 15 cosplays this year so keep an eye out for more to come next year um, that I'm really excited to do. And yeah, don't be afraid to say hi. You can find me at Randier on Twitter and Instagram and Matt. Um, obviously, I just want to say Happy New Year to everybody. And hope, thank you all for being with us. We started this new podcast this year. We will be back next year, obviously, which will be about three days when this releases. And I hope you all are excited for a bunch of new stuff on this podcast as we keep going into the conversation. We'll be back next year! Happy holidays, everybody. We'll be back next year. <laughs> <laughs>